Welcome to This is What Democracy Sounds Like. I'm Kevin Prang. This program is a presentation of Metropolitan Congregations United. MCU is a community organization that brings together religious congregations, community groups, and individuals to work for a common purpose, to create a better life for all residents of the St. Louis region. We work at the intersection of race, economy, political power, gender, and the structures of oppression at work within us individually, within our organization, and within the community. We are working towards building people's control of the government, building community control of the economy, expanding the public sphere, and creating structural racial equity. Today we are featuring part two of excerpts from MCU's recent environmental justice public meeting. This program took place on April 29th over Zoom. Today you will hear from Father Vince Nyman, Sister Dolores Sanchez, and Beth Gutzler from MCU's Environmental Justice Task Force, and Kentaro Kumanomido, the Digital and Environmental Justice Community Organizer of United Congregations of Metro East. Father Vince Nyman will open this program. My name is Father Vince Nyman. I'm the pastor of Our Lady of the Holy Cross Church in, in Baden, in the north city of St. Louis. I've uh, worked here, served here for about seven or eight years. Uh, in my few little moments here, I just want to maybe share a couple personal stories and then also uh, to, in, you know, to talk about a little bit about the parish, the ministries that we have that are related to environmental justice and in other areas regarding public health. And then lastly, just to say a word or two about this uh, wonderful environmental task force that, that has assembled here uh, relatively recent, and I'm very honored to, to be part of this uh, wonderful organization. And I hope that our listeners will uh, just don't walk away from th these experiences. Please uh, get involved in, in some way. I know you may not know how or, or what or which, but um, just you know, participate and this mission will find you, trust me. Uh, first of all, a personal story or two in, in this regards, my, my upbringing, I was, grew up in Rancho Cordova, California, which is a suburb of Sacramento. When we moved from Michigan, actually I was five years old and we had a few fruit trees in the backyard and there was one young peach tree and, and there was just one peach and, uh, and every day my dad would come home from work. He was, he was a mailman. My mother was got to be stay home because um, that was enough money back then um, for one, one mailman to support seven children. But anyway, um, every day my dad would come home and there, there was a peach on the tree and it was, he would test it. He put his hand on it to, to feel it, to, to see if it was ripe. Did you know that most of the children I, that I, I understand the neighbor, the neighborhood that I'm in have never even tasted a pear, never even held a pear, um, to say much less about other experience, human experiences that should be everyone's joy um, are being depleted in front of us. Um, and anyway, then finally the, the peach ripened and, and my dad said, okay, <laughs> great. And I waited and waited, it seemed like for eternity, but then he said, um, no, we're not gonna eat that. He said, that's for your mom. That's for your mom. And fast forward a few years. And uh, when, my was, when I was 18, my mother had cancer. And my mother, she seemed to be alive and well and thriving, but um, like that's uh, happening more and more, people are dying of cancer and heart disease and diabetes and asthma and heart disease and, and on and on. 
Um, but she's only, you know, fit about, not even 50 years. Well, yeah, about 50 years old at this time. And she, she had the operation, the tumor removed. And she remember she came back. She's sitting on the couch and I'm sitting there. And she said, the doctor told me I have one week to live. And um, I had a very serious situation a couple of years prior uh, where I was deathly sick. Um, it was kind of an accident. Someone accidentally poisoned a pizza. They didn't mean it. But um, we started to get into nutrition because the doctors really didn't know what to do. So now when my mother had the cancer and, and we thought, well, what do we eat? Maybe there's something healthy you could eat. And so I, I said, well, how about mom, if I just go out and get some dandelion leaves? So I went out, we had, we had a few acres. And so I pulled these dandelion leaves and we shared a dinner together, her and I. And well, she lived three more years off of the, not the healthy, healthy diet. And she had to learn a lot and she needed also to get a lot of help from competent people who could address a situation from a more holistic way. The doctor said, we, there's nothing we can do. You're to be dead in, in one week. Well, I know that my mother is just one of many. Now, people think, oh, cancer killed your mother. No, cancer did not kill my mother. The environmental toxicity that happened, that is what killed my mother. And that's what's killing a lot of your relatives and loved ones. So many across this country and around the world. And nobody is saying a word. How would you dis discount what Mamie is saying? Um, the corporate world, the big people, people of influence are saying nothing. And the only ex logical explanation I can give is not a scientific explanation. It's a money, it's a money problem. It's a big money problem. And it does hurt me. It does make me angry. Um, but, but one thing I do like about this group, and I'll go on now, is um, we're saying enough. And, and I love this group because we're so constructive in planning out strategy a strategy that will, that will allow more voices to be heard. Um, I wanna say a few things here, yeah, quickly here, the, the parish here, a lot of these ministries that we have formed more in the line of restorative justice ministries, and what are basically the, the shorthand term for that would be, we're not just stopping the bleeding, we're trying to really uh, give people their freedom or, or help empower people to empower themselves. Um, Beth, for instance, um, is doing some wonderful work with reconciliation circles, peacemaking circles, strongly encourage our viewers to, to um, get in touch with, with Beth and, and, and get involved in these circles. Um, it's a wonderful method of, of listening and sharing, and, and you, will, you will be rewarded with this. Now, this, this is a, a garden that the Missouri Botanical Gardens helped us to, to build. They helped us design the garden. Those are all indigenous plants. Now, now initially, I must say that there's a learning curve. Um, I did not come with any particular agenda when I came to the parish here. Um, and I looked down at the, in the valley in, this, in the lower part of the church property, and I saw this dead tree there. You could see uh, we named her Sophia. I was just out with a, a, a little team. We, we help a little basketball team of, of third grade girls, and, and they were out there running around, practicing, getting ready for their basketball warm-ups. Uh, in fact, their, their name is the Midwest Missouri Futures. Have you ever heard of that name, the Futures, before? I, I just love that. 
I said, have you ever named a tree before? And they said, no, no, we never have. Well, that's Sophia. Um, and uh, make sure you run around a circle around Sophia. Um, but the, but there, it's such a joy to come out and look at the plants and then this, watch the insects and the, the wide variety of birds. Um, last summer, there were the, some of the bald-headed eagles were doing acrobatics, right, right, just right over this, this wonderful garden. Of course, we also have a, a natural prairie and we also have a... Um, an orchard, but, but, you know, just getting in touch with the, the natural world um, can, is a, there's a healing, there's a healing uh, aspect to that, not only um, in, emotionally, but um, in terms of the spiritual healing, that they know that there's a connection with uh, appreciation of the natural wonders of the world and empathy. They know scientifically, they know that. And spiritually, you know, we hear the MCU, we, we all know that. We're all nodding our head. Um, there's just something about the wonder and the, the miracle of life that is around us. And unfortunately, it's being taken away from us. It's being polluted. And what God had given us to heal us is now not able to heal us because of the, the mass pollution. Um, we, we common people, we common people must all together become a voice. We must be a voice of the truth of human nature and of the nature that, that is all around us. Um, then back to the, the parish things. Now we're, we have a, a transitional home for abandoned women. Now they can come out here and, and you know, ex experience some of the, the healing qualities of nature, just, just being out there, just getting away, finding a space. And, and of course, we're just starting a, a, a Montessori group for a preschool uh, children ages three to six, and and nature can help. I mean, they've done studies on this. Uh, the the uh, experience of nature can help cognitive development in children. So if we're just surrounded by cement. Um, it's going to be harder. It's going to be harder on the kids, and it just adds up one hard thing after the next. And I just want to lastly say a little bit about this wonderful interfaith uh, task force that we have at MCU. So wonderful to work together, you know, with, there's, we're a diverse group here. And, and, and I must say, when you, you have a common mission that is so vastly important and different, I mean, different groups coming together, we, we have different perspectives. We can come at it from different directions. And, um, um, and, and so that, that's some of the beauty of this, of the MCU. We will though focus on oppressed communities. Um, and um, because, People in the, especially in the city, are just going to be more exposed to <clears throat> toxic issues at, at just a higher level you know, inside their homes regarding lead, lead and, the, and the air. <clears throat> and when, when children are exposed to lead poisoning, it's irreversible. It's irreversible. It's over. And so children have an acute, acute uh, issue with dealing with these sorts of toxic issues. So a real focus on... The, the, the youth will focus on communities vulnerable to exploitation. And uh, also just the, um, the networking, the collaboration that's involved. One of the beauties of my particular ministry is, um, you know, when, you, when you're in need so much, you, you have to reach out. You, you can't go at such a, a huge problem alone. We need one another. We need a lot of people. And we'd be surprised how many people really want to help, but just don't know how or where to start. MCU 
is a great place to begin. And lastly, just, you know, working together, working toward these goals. There's so many different aspects to it, so many different ways to approach these situations. I'll kind of uh, leave that there. Um, and now I thought we would, we have some more very important um, speakers here. So I want to introduce a wonderful person that I've gotten to meet just here in the last couple months. I'm so glad to meet her and as well as the others. Um, her name is Sister Dolores Sanchez. She is a member of the a religious community, Roman Catholic community uh, called the Franciscan Sisters of the Earth. That's a, kind of a unique name. Fran Franciscan related to St. Francis, that's not unique. Everybody kind of knows <laughs> what that's about. You know, he's got the bird on the statue with the bird on his shoulder. Um, but Dolores, I, I don't know what you got on your shoulder. Maybe it's an eagle, maybe it's a parrot. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, but I just want to now. Um, our anchor, or one of our great anchors here, Sister Dolores, you want to take it from there. Thank you. Thank you, Father Vince. Um, and uh, again, appreciate all you being here. And uh, wow, we have heard some powerful stories. And we have heard some uh, powerful people who are um, working towards environmental justice. But all of this, you know, is certain, uh, I, I certainly believe that there, there's got to be a lot of feelings out there. So just want you to, uh, if you would, in the chat to put uh, down some of the uh, feelings you might have, or if somebody, uh, you know, is willing to share right now, uh, if you could just raise your hand. I really appreciate the testimonies because they're grounded in the reality and the pain and, and the illness and, and we're moving forward. We're going ahead. We're going to take that experience and use it to strengthen our, our commitment. Thank you so much. Somebody was talking about lead in the schools. So you could see that she's saying that the, there was lead in the schools back uh, in the over the 25 years she worked in the St. Louis City schools and Riverview Garden schools. And it's still an issue. So we must not give up. That's some more determination there. Hi, this is Mamie Cozy, and I would like to say that sure. that Mr. Bill, he was very sympathetic towards uh, my expression, and usually sometimes people, you know, I didn't think he felt sorry for me, but he was sympathetic towards me and my family, and I thank him. Well, it's just like overwhelming problems. It's so overwhelming, Mamie. That's um, sorry you have to go through all that. Yes. Thank you so much. It's been an educator. I just think that trauma among the young people today, the pandemic has brought a lot on the children. I know my kids are, they're just traumatized with school at home. A lot of challenges and somebody had reflected that earlier in their um, response in the chat. Uh, there's a lot to do. We, we've got to certainly do have a lot to work on. And, um, and I, I hear also the hope in, in what some of you are saying that uh, we can do some things and we're going to actually um, give you an opportunity to learn about how to do that, how, what you can do uh, 
in some concrete ways. So I'm going to pass this on to um, Kentaro uh, and uh, Beth Gutzler from uh, Beth is, is from uh, our our fellow uh, organizer in, in environmental justice and Kentaro again with um, United Congregations in the Metro East. Thanks, Sister Dolores. So yeah, Beth and I are here to kind of go over um, what you can do. Beth is going to talk us through specifically how you can stay up to date with all of our activities. So one of the major things that we um, want to do is just stay informed. There's This is only the beginning. This is like almost like a launch of the work that's going to be done by this group, I believe, and everybody um, that has a passion and an understanding for the injustices that are going on. So um, MCU's newsletter and the social media type campaigns from both MCU and UCM are great opportunities for you to stay in touch um, with what's coming up next. And then there's also going to be the opportunity to say, well, I'm not really sure where to start. So if you are at the point to where you want to take a next step, um, there's going to be an opportunity through Metropolitan Congregations called the Power Academy, where we're going to take people where they are in that moment and walk them through um, a process that will allow you to get to the point where you are confident you are aligned with why you're in this work and allow you to um, think about the next steps for yourself and um, how to organize your teams. This uh, Power Academy, that's May 21st, Friday, um, first part session. And then Saturday is the part one, session two. And this is a great resource that we're going to have. So there's lots of opportunities around training. And, and Beth, correct me if I'm wrong, um, your trainings are totally free. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's amazing. This is great opportunity for, for we wanted to share. And I'll also mention that, um, so both UCM and MCU are actually part of the Gamaliel Network, which is a national network. Um, UCM is part of uh, the Gamaliel of Illinois and Iowa. And there's also an opportunity to receive training that our organizers provide um, in our monthly trainings that happen on the second Monday of every month. So our next one is on May 10th, May the evening of Monday, May 10th, and it's going to be on building teams. The link is in the chat to register for that. You'll get a Zoom invite, and then the next will be in June on running effective meetings. So these are just, you know, the, the amazing skills that help us build our power, help us organize our communities in and amplify our voices so that we can, you know, have as much influence as the money of the big corporations. Um, I just want to swing back around and make sure that you know that on both of our websites, there's a possibility to sign up for a newsletter. And lastly, I want to throw out there um, kind of just like a big picture for what can this summer be? I know we're coming out of quarantine. There's a lot of hesitation. You know, we're still waiting for herd immunity. But once, once hopefully, you know, we, we get there and we're feel comfortable gathering in public again. I think it's gonna be a really powerful opportunity. We've learned so much um, through this last intense period. And I think people are ready to really change things. Um, and, and I'm so inspired by um, everyone that's on the call, sticking, sticking on this call, there's so much power here. You're, you're as an individual and then think of everyone that you're connected to. And so, so we need to organize, um, but you can see here, 
date to be confirmed, but we're thinking a major, a major bi-state collaborative action for intersectional environmental justice on the McKinley Bridge. We're going to target air. We all breathe the same air. We're going to target water. We all drink the same water. Energy. We, we, we rely on the same utility company, Ameren. We are so connected and we cannot let the fact that we're in two different states and all the legal headache that that creates stand in our way. We have to be willing to think hard and work together and coordinate and be organized to get the policies that we need passed. Um, you know, if you're excited to work on any of the Illinois legislation, there's plenty of things I can let you know about projects that we have um, that we're trying to get passed in the next couple of weeks. I'm sure there's similar ones in Missouri. Um, but again, you know, united, we are so much, so much stronger. And um, just to clarify, we're actually hoping July 24th, this is Saturday, we'd like everybody to hold. Hopefully this means that our meeting has uh, allowed for you to not only hear, but experience and um, also um, know with a, some clarity where you personally would like to take that next step. So we'd like to hear from you again, though, what your thoughts are around evaluation. So I'm going to hand this over to um, Ken Denson, one of our um, EJ task force members and with MCU. And um, he's going to give us one more time um, some space to reflect on this meeting tonight. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Ken Denson. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a climate justice uh, uh, activist uh, uh, pretty much all the time and uh, extraordinarily uh, happy to be involved with NCU and, and on this environmental justice task force. So to, to close things out, we just kind of want again to hear, hear from you uh, about uh, what you've heard and such. So uh, the first things, if there's any, any kind of thoughts you have about particular, particular presentations that you heard along the way, so that's kind of our first first thing, just anything around you know, the things that you heard. I just said, I was impressed by the stories and I was kind of, uh, I don't know if I'd say upset by, what was it, Clyborne, Clyde, what was, anyway, yeah. when, she, when she talked with Ameren and they were kind of, well, that we're not regulatory people. We're, we don't have to, <laughs> that's not our uh, gift or our, our business. Great. Yes, that's very, um, that's a, a, a powerful reaction. And so just kind of the last things, you know, what kind of, what kind of learnings are you taking away from, from this? And perhaps, you know, learnings towards, you know, what you might want to do politically or other kind of, of action uh, wise. Um, I'd like to share that. Um, I want to I'm, I'm energized, but now I know that I need to be connected and committed. And this was good because I heard from many people and I see many people are connected and networking already. So I'm going to hook up, back on with Sierra Club and MCU and my little community of faith and to start moving on. I can lean into the rest of you and I'll keep on moving. So thank you so much for tonight. Right. That's fabulous, Jane. Thank you. Now, I will, uh, I'm the convener for Compassionate St. Louis, which is the uh, county, city, and across the river region. And I will, I will bring this up at our meeting on the 10th of May and make 
everybody who's at the coordinating circle aware uh, of what's going on in this whole area because there is nothing that escapes compassion, nothing. Anything that has to do with the upbuilding of people and their to have a quality of life is under the, the heading of compassion, the charter for compassion. And I'm going to suggest that if anybody here has never read that charter, to go online immediately when you have time and just type in charter for compassion. It's four short paragraphs and it is spreading across the world through a series of cities signing on to that charter in order to transform attitudes in their entire region. Uh, we are one of about a dozen United States cities that are already in process, but there are over 450 across the globe. And so uh, you can look at our website, compassionate-stl.org, and you'll see what we're up to. Thanks so much for sharing. And not to be too political, but compassion was something that was distinctly missing for the last, say, several years. And that, that trend seems to be continuing. So that's really fabulous that uh, um, literally see what, you're, see what you're seeing and then literally fight back at it. So thanks so much for sharing. Great. Thanks so much to all of you for, for sharing your, your, your wisdom and your, and your reactions. All right. So to close it out today, I, I just want to take this moment before we all log off to say this is not something that we can wait on. I really want to stress the sense of urgency. I mean, right before this event, the, one of the major news headlines was about um, a chemical fire that was going on in Afton. That is not only affecting our air on the Illinois side, um, it's going to affect the air on the Missouri side. So that's, it's a prime example of the work that we're trying to set a foundation for. It, the chemicals are going to leak into the water and MSD has already um, been alerted. They've already set their statement out. Um, the, the Red Cross is there. There's an evacuation that was being done. Schools were not being able to dismiss. I mean, this is an environmental emergency that's occurring right in this moment. So yeah. I just want to close out today. Thank everyone for coming. Stay connected. Thank you for listening to this special presentation of part two of excerpts from MCU's recent Environmental Justice Public Meeting. To connect with United Congregations of Metro East, go to ucmetroeast.org. And to learn more about MCU, go to the Metropolitan Congregations United website at mcustlewis.org. Also be sure to look us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for news and events. I'm Kevin Prang, and you have been listening to This Is What Democracy Sounds Like. Tune in again next time, and thank you for listening.